Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Trudeau keeps giving all of our money away to immigrants. And and Justin Trudeau says he's for the people. I'm sorry, it's not so. He's got he seems to have his own agenda. The UN is un-Canadian! What Justin Trudeau is doing with the migration pack is nuts. We're going to become a minority. We're just giving our country away. We have no rights anymore. Uh, Merry Christmas, not allowed to say anymore, it's supposed to be happy holidays. They're changing our country and we're 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 not we're gonna we gotta stand up and say something about it because this is this is our country. I was born here. Those are the voices of concerned Canadians, anxious about their children's futures, who in recent months have taken to the streets in protest again and again all across this country. Those voices that you heard were recorded at Yellow Vest Canada protests. Those were the voices of the people. Ignorant people. Ill-informed people. Look, you can take that as a partisan insult if you want to, but it's just the truth. Those people are just wrong. Trudeau is not giving all of our money away to immigrants. None of our charter rights have been revoked by the current federal government. And yes you are still allowed to say Merry Christmas in Canada. But do not dismiss them as crackpots. 
That is what the CBC has warned us in their coverage of Yellow Vests Canada. Who cares if those people are right when there are so many of them? Well over 100,000 strong, if Facebook group numbers are any indication. And who cares if they're right when they're so angry? This is not a movement that just wants to oust Justin Trudeau from government. This is a movement whose members call for Trudeau to be executed pretty much every day. So that's kind of an original thing in Canadian politics. But I don't know, how original can Yellow Vests Canada be when they sort of borrowed the whole Yellow Vest thing from France in the first place? Our producer, journalist David Crosby, has investigated Yellow Vests Canada. We have just published his extensive article on that topic on the CanadaLandShow.com website. What he found is that the Yellow Vest movement in Canada bears little resemblance to the European original. And David Crosby joins me to tell us what he has learned in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Chrissy Blaskovic, Damon Chen, Kevin Chan, Elena Schultz, Tom Salt, Jessica Pentum, Hoss Gifford, and Amy Matichuk. I'm Amy, an articling student living in Calgary. I support Canada Land because my main career goal as a lawyer is to advocate for the rights of Indigenous peoples in Canada. I think Ryan McMahon's work in the Thunder Bay podcast is an outstanding example of the kind of truth-telling journalism we need to achieve recognition of and meaningful remedies for the injustices Indigenous peoples continue to experience. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I'm not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. Our producer, David Crosby, has been looking into Yellow Vest Canada, and he joins me now. Hi, David. Hello. David, I, I confess, I've been following the Yellow Vest thing coming out of France, and I've seen the footage of like these 
kind of incredible numbers of people and things turning violent and whatnot. I think that if we're going to talk about Yellow Vest Canada, we have to start with Yellow Vest Europe, Yellow Vest France. Can you kind of give me the 101 on what that is and where it came from? Sure. So it started back in November, broadly organized around Paris for the first demonstrations. And this had to do with a perceived growing inequality, uh, the French president Emmanuel Macron being perceived as favoring the wealthy. A lot of this was tethered to a rising cost in gas. So French drivers are required to carry a yellow vest in their trunk in case of emergencies, roadside stops kind of thing. So this became sort of a highly symbolic protest movement for them. Everyone who's affected by this, everyone who needs to drive somewhere for work, which is the bulk of the working class across France, has a yellow vest on hand already. It's a way to identify with sort of the broad spectrum of the working class in France. Kind of brilliant, right? You have this like cheap and accessible and in fact obligatory item that like is designed to just pop visually. Everyone's got one, so you can almost like instantly have like a distributed movement. I know that the French like their their protests and their popular movements. You know, when I think about popular uprisings and populism in, in, in Europe, I think a lot about anti-immigration sentiment. I mean, there's elements of everything and everything these days, but but this is about working class people and non-urban people with an economic populist campaign, as I understand it. Is that accurate? That's exactly accurate. Uh, That's how it started. And that's still sort of where the main thrust of it is. But as you say, with any populist movements, especially in today's climate, you're going to get a lot of other sort of feelings. There have been some people concerned with uh, immigration, with borders and everything in France, but that hasn't been, again, the main thrust of the movement. And it's been effective. It has been effective. They got that uh, tax canceled. Um, uh-huh. They're continuing their protest. They have turned much more violent, but support broadly, publicly, seems to be still there for them. And they got the minimum wage increased. They got the minimum wage increased. This is like a classic left uprising. So is it over overseas? It seems to still be going on, not with quite the same strength that it had. It has picked up in other places, though. I spoke with a Guardian reporter about the British iteration of this. And initially, it was taken up sort of immediately by far-right Brexit-supporting people who don yellow vests. And there are multiple social media videos of, of these protests. So these went on for a while until I think sort of the British left saw what was going on and said, you know, to hell with this. We're going to return the yellow vest movement to its, its working class traditionally left origins. So they organized a much, much bigger protest in Trafalgar Square that was kind of a traditional British anti-austerity uh, protest. Um, and the response to that by the the right-leaning yellow vesters, the Brexit-supporting ones, was to sort of call fake news on all of this. You know, we had hundreds, thousands, you're saying dozens, you know, that's not true. Whereas all sort of objective accounts in the media say that the opposite is true, that the right, right-leaning ones had dozens, at most hundreds. You're not the real yellow vests. We're the real yellow vests. Who's the real yellow vests? But really, it's a battle for what represents the people. Does an anti-immigrant movement represent the people or does a kind of anti-wealth, anti-establishment, consumer-based, taxation-based, policy-based, redistribution-based campaign represent the people? Sort of left or right? Who, 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 what, what is the popular movement? And in Canada, it's taken on an interesting flavor. One of the reporters I spoke to who's been following this um, described it as sort of a a uniquely Canadian uh, hybrid between sort of the Canadian politeness, you know, wanting peaceful protest, not wanting to offend, and sort of taking this European populist movement, but then also being colored by all of the sort of Trumpist stuff that we're hearing. 
So I, don't, I don't know how you can call it uniquely Canadian when we rip the whole thing off, but all right. Um, well, that's Canada. Let's start at the beginning. Like, who was the first to kind of co-opt this and, and say, well, let's do this in Canada, as far as you were able to find out in your reporting? I haven't been able to pinpoint it down exactly. I know that the group started sometime around December 4th or 5th. There was a posting on an agricultural message board called agriville.com saying yellow vests. I just got added to a Facebook site for organizing a yellow vest demonstration in Canada. 5,400 members added in a day. I'm wondering what it is going to take for Joe Public to stand up to what is going on. At some point, the straw has to break the camel's back with what is being said and done in Ottawa. And from their membership of the Facebook group just kept growing until the initial protest on December 8th, which was a Saturday. Those took place in a few places, mostly in Alberta, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer. And I was able to track the host of two of those events to a group called Canadian Political Accountability, which has been around for 12 years or so out in Alberta. What can you tell me about them? Right-leaning, not, not a huge following from what I can tell online. It's got some connections to sort of family values Christian movements. I was able to track down the founder and the, the chairperson of that group, Jim Blake, and uh, speak with him about it. To me, it looked like a movement geared at giving people who were discontent with government abuses an outlet and a means by which they could publicly display their concern for the manner in which government was treating their taxpayer dollars. And I'd initially been contacted by an individual who lived in the Edmonton area who was um, hoping to get the word out. And, and one of the reasons why we pulled back from sort of actively promoting Yellow Vest events is where it went with France. and particularly how uh, it's sort of a very violent approach. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that we had to have ever you know, advocated for. We, we believe in peaceful protests right. and we believe in public displays are perfectly fine. City hall, uh, public streets, things like that. No problem. But, you know, looting, pulling down statues, destruction of public property. It's important to note that he didn't start the Yellow Vest movement. He was sort of an early promoter of it. Um, but he was contacted by somebody from the Edmonton area to help promote these events. Like pretty much any political organization these days, there there isn't some like central office you can call. Like, there's a, dozens of competing groups. Uh, there's no official spokesperson. But there is one Facebook page. Like you know, you'll find a ton of Yellow Vest Canada pages and regionally and factions. But there is one Facebook group that seems to kind of like rule them all. Uh, can you tell me a bit about that page? I, I had a look at it earlier today. Yeah, so it's uh, Yellow Vest Canada. They have right now over 100,000 members uh, that kind of blew up over the holidays and has since petered out a little bit. It's, it's less of a place of, of organizing than it is so much a, a repository of hate. Uh, this just seems to be a very sort of loosely collected group of people throwing all their anti-Trudeau, throwing all their anti-immigrant, anti-immigration memes at a wall and just applauding one another. And just to get like this organized in my head, you've got this online space, which we'll, we'll talk more about in a second, and then you've got the live demonstrations. How has this played out on the streets of Canada? How many demonstrations? Where have they been? How many people have showed up for them so far? Uh, we've had demonstrations across the country, as far east as Halifax. It's really concentrated in the west, though, mostly Alberta, a bit in BC. The largest demonstration that I've seen has been a few hundred people. Those would be sort of in Edmonton, in Kamloops. But uh, they're going on every week in most places. Mm -hmm. If you go around here, Toronto or Hamilton, that's where you get like smaller little groups. Yeah, it, it, the bigger groups are absolutely out west. 
I did speak to another journalist uh, who has been covering a lot of the Edmonton rallies since December, Omar Mosley's with the Star Metro Edmonton. And he has been there, uh, three or four of them now. Uh, I think the largest he said had about 500 people outside of the Alberta legislature. There was kind of a mix of people. There was a lot of frustration and anger about things like uh, pipelines, carbon tax, uh, the Trudeau government not doing enough to support the energy industry. Um, there was definitely a strong undercurrent of, uh, the best word I could use would be fear of a sort of horde of immigrants coming into Canada. A lot of talk about mass migration, mass immigration and illegal immigration. And uh, a lot of talk about globalism too. And has that been uh, persistent throughout the rallies? That's There's been the same sort of messaging? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, initially, when I when I went, we were kind of looking at it as, hey, like, you know, these guys are frustrated about the energy industry and the government. And then there's it's kind of being co-opted by some other groups who are pushing this narrative of anti-mass immigration and mass migration. But the more people I talked to, I saw that that was a clear concern among everyone. You definitely see the more extreme stuff online. Um, everyone I spoke with would say stuff like, oh, I'm totally okay with immigration. I just want it done in a proper way and vetted. And, you know, we want basically this type of immigrant coming into Canada. I didn't hear anyone making death threats or anything. Uh, I did see one guy with a sign saying hang Trudeau. But uh, the online space is where you see the more venomous stuff. We should say that that you and our producer, Kasia, made pretty consistent efforts, and so did I online. We, like, we wanted to hear directly from these people. There's like 100,000 of them. And to dedicate an episode to talking about them and what they stand for without talking to them is not our ideal way of, of, of handling this. And for people who want to get their message out, we thought we would be able to get one of them on the show. No luck, huh? We were very, very close with uh, the administrator, the person who created the LFS Canada Facebook group, uh, Tyler Malenfant. Malenfant? Like bad child? Yes, bad child. Is that like a nom de guerre? Ironically, it seems that Tyler is the nom de guerre. His real name is Mark. Okay. But Malenfant seems to check out. He uh, responded to both Kasha and I on Facebook, said that he would be willing to talk, has not yet responded to my questions, and agreed to a phone interview with Kasha, but has since blocked her. Okay. All right. So that's too bad. It would have been really good to speak to Tyler. Uh, he didn't want to speak with us. Everyone did hear some commentary from various yellow vest self-identified people uh, at the beginning of this episode. I guess that's going to have to do. I think it's only fair to represent them as they represent themselves in the about section of the yellow vest Canada page. And is that page administered by Tyler Malafon? It's administered by Tyler Malafon. There are 10 moderators. 10 moderators. Okay. So this is what either Tyler himself or Tyler with his group of 10. And under the about section, this is how they define the group. This group is to protest the carbon tax, all caps, and the treason of our country's politicians who have the audacity to sell out our country's sovereignty over to the globalist United Nations and their tyrannical policies. So we begin with something that like really reflects the French yellow vest. So this is about a specific piece of policy and fossil fuel policy at that, which seems like a pretty good mirroring of, of the initial yellow vest. I guess, though, the carbon tax, can you draw a direct par- parallel towards, perhaps you can, both countries are trying to curb fossil fuel emissions. And I guess in, in, in the eyes of the yellow vest in both countries are doing it on the backs of working class people. We very quickly move to a very serious charge of treason, which I think becomes more relevant as we get into the Trudeau stuff. And then this claim that the government has sold out our sovereignty and then invoking this word globalist. 
uh, which I think is very, very firmly associated with all sorts of anti-Semitic uh, notions of, uh, you know, new world order, one world government, uh, the elders of Zion. They don't say any of that stuff, but they do. Uh, they do say the globalist UN and their tyrannical policies. Uh, I'll continue from the about section. We are also against the government attempting to buy off the media in an election year and conspire with social media companies to censor our speech. No comment. Uh, <laughs> I, I hear you, yellow vest. We cannot have a free and democratic society unless, all caps, we have free speech and the ability to express it as far and wide as we wish. We are Canadian patriots who refuse to allow this country to walk down the path of tyranny. God bless. I, look, I, I obviously am sympathetic to protest about the newspaper bailout. One of the reasons why I, I am against the newspaper bailout is that I knew that it would be seized to discredit and vilify the media. Of course, it's a ridiculous notion that every journalist is now an employee of Justin Trudeau and is, you know, but the perception of that is really toxic to press freedom. Well, it's it's such an alluring narrative, though. And this is something that Tyler has posted about in the group is that the Yellow Vest Facebook group was briefly pulled, Facebook says accidentally. They have had hundreds, if not thousands of comments removed, some of the more insidious, hateful stuff. Well, you know, that's either evidence that Facebook is completely in league with the media uh, and Justin Trudeau, or it's because of the shit that gets posted on this page. I I spent 20 minutes on this page, and you quickly go from the stated mission of Yellow Vest Canada to messages like this. The government media is your enemy. Government slash media, like it's one entity and it is your enemy. A lot of Pepe's I I encountered, the infamous Trump frog. Be free from Islamic law. What that has to do with the protest against the carbon tax, I don't know. A resurgence of this meme that um, Fidel Castro is actually Justin Trudeau's dad and we need to travel back in time and give him a prophylactic. Um, I guess that's funny if you're into this stuff. Explicit mention of of the NWO, some more of this, uh, I think, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, bankers being invoked. So we're getting very close to just out-and-out anti-Semitism. I think the scariest thing I saw was one graphic that said, there are 69,000 police in Canada. There are 2.1 million licensed firearm owners in Canada. So a strong suggestion of the violent overthrow of the government of Canada. And I also was just like, that can't be true, 2.1 million firearms. And it's not true. According to the Department of Justice, there are about 3 million civilians in Canada who own firearms. News to me. I think that this is where we get into the rub of what distinguishes Yellow Vest Canada from Yellow Vest France. Oh, absolutely. And I think this is the first time that we've really seen something of this size in Canada that's sort of just taken in all of this kind of neo-populist, anti-government, anti they call it globalism, you know, they want nationalism, but... Anti-Islamic and anti-Jewish. Yes. And explicitly anti-immigrant, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But this is also tied to a lot of economic frustration. And I think it's really important to say that these people legitimately believe these things. This is something that has come across in a, in a few of the interviews I've done with journalists. If you think that Trudeau is behaving in a treasonous manner, if you believe all of this nonsense about the open borders and all of this stuff... What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? I think that is where so much of this hate comes from. I mean, look, I think that calling out Justin Trudeau is absolutely fine. I think that when you cross over to this talk of treason, th- that's one part of where things take a really ugly turn. Because if, if, if he's treasonous and if he's selling out the sovereignty of Canada, then 
our prime minister, who was democratically elected in a landslide majority victory, then becomes someone who is fair game for a whole different type of communication. And and I, I want you to talk a little bit about that side of Yolovest Canada, if you can. This is where the group initially got into trouble with Facebook. There were open calls for assassination. Most of this has been removed. I haven't been able to find a lot of it since Facebook intervened. But there are screenshots. You can go to Anti-Racist Canada. Yellow Vest Canada Exposed has a lot of this stuff on their Wait, Twitter what's account. Yellow Vest Canada Exposed? I mean, oh. I guess it's kind of self-explanatory, but... Yellow Vest Canada Exposed, let me tell you. It's a Twitter group run by three people, I believe, out of Edmonton. I spoke to one of them, uh, who's only willing to be identified as Alan. My name is Alan. I mean, you can use my first name. It's all good, but just kind of keep it at that, just because they target people who speak out against them. I'm part of the Yellow Vest Exposed team. I'm, I'm working out of Alberta. He was initially quite attracted to the Yellow Vest movement. He thought that this would be something along the lines of what was happening in France, that this was going to be, you know, working class, anti-austerity sort of thing. Then when he joined the Facebook group, he saw what was going on there, and he watched some of the videos. He saw the Wolves of Odin, uh, who are a splinter group of the Soldiers of Odin, had been organizing and attending a lot of the rallies in Edmonton. And he realized this is something completely different from what was going on in France. So he and two other people decided to just keep track of it. They comb through everything that's going on on the Facebook page. They keep track of comments that people like Tyler Malenfant and others make on other news articles, which are blatantly anti-Semitic, and post all of this to their Twitter account. They're just documenting all of this. They haven't been in touch. I asked them if they've been in touch with the RCMP, but it sounds like the federal police are, are doing sort of their own work on this. Yellow Vest Canada Exposed also played a role in the story of this radio host out in BC who came uh, into conflict with Yellow Vest Canada. David, can you tell me the story of what happened to Brett Minear? Yeah, so Brett Minear is a talk radio host. Host of uh, NL Newsday on CHNL 610 AM in uh, Kamloops, British Columbia. And... There was a Yellow Vest rally out in Kamloops when Trudeau was visiting back in December. Uh, there were a few different demonstrations going on from a few different groups, including the Wet'suwet'en protesters. And he saw some things happening online. He was stuck in the studio being a radio host. But his, uh, his news director came back to the station and told him about some of the things that had happened. People in Yellow Vests getting very sort of aggressive and yelling at CBC reporters, uh, other people in the media. So as he said to me, you know, he's, he's paid to have an opinion. So he sent out a tweet to his couple hundred followers. Having the prime minister come to town and seeing just what gross, terrible human beings are out among us with their delusional conspiracy theories, racism, disrespect, and total inability to engage in good faith conversation makes me want to get off this planet ASAP. Yes, that is, that is the offending tweet. What happened to him next? Not a lot. It got some retweets. It got some likes. The local MLA picked it up. Charlie Angus picked it up. Says the first 24 hours were pretty positive. He was feeling pretty emboldened, decided to reach out to Yellow Vest Canada Exposed, did a radio segment with them the next day. Three minutes after the radio segment is over, he gets a message from Yellow Vest Canada Exposed. And they had a screenshot where basically I was now a target. Somebody had posted that tweet from the day before on the Yellow Vest Canada Facebook page. And then essentially people started going to town, right? First, it was basically that I was an asshole and and all of this, but then it started to take an ugly turn. It started to venture into, you know, his his wife needs to be raped and murdered by Muslims, and then he'll get it. And can somebody wait outside the station till he's done his shift and beat the shit out of him? And it started to get scary. 
And at that point, after my wife got brought into it, that's when, you know, at first I was like, these are trolls, right? Like who cares? But when they started sleuthing around and mentioning my wife by name and, um, you know, rape and murder, and I started to get nervous. On the advice of a station manager, the RCMP got involved. This all kind of died down for him after a few days for him, but he'd heard about a colleague where something similar happened. This person, also a, a journalist, had gotten into an argument on Facebook with someone who was a member of the Yellow Vest. They posted a screenshot of that conversation to the group. She couldn't go home on the Friday night on the advice of RCMP because they doxed her. They put her address out on the Yellow Vest Canada Facebook page and uh, were encouraging people to show up at her house and tell her what they thought. And they also had somebody bragging online that they were going to show up at the station. And then a guy did show up and he milled about in the parking lot and never came in. But then when he left, he, of course, went on social media and told everybody that he told the Liptart, Cuck Media and all this, that he told them off and all this. That's pretty terrifying, uh, especially when you just look at the, like, the level of uh, enmity they have towards the press in general. And when you've got groups this large, 100,000 people, sure, a lot of them are just blowing off steam. But you only really need one person who takes it much too far. Where is this at now? Is this a, a growing movement in Canada? It seems to have plateaued. The numbers are holding solid. The protests are getting a little bit smaller. Alan from Yellow Vest Canada Exposed thinks that has to do a lot with the weather. It's pretty cold to protest in Alberta right now. Yeah. But there is uh, a convoy planned from Alberta to Ottawa in February. It's uh, raised over $30,000 on the GoFundMe. This is just supposed to be a, a large, highly visible demonstration across the country. It's interesting and very Canadian to me that it's more of an online phenomenon than an in-person phenomenon. It's very interesting to me that when you're trying to capture and mobilize the energy of the pissed off working class in Canada, which would, I think, surprise a lot of people, that goes in a hard right line it's just another manifestation of the left's inability to really connect with those people and mobilize them, but also that there's a sentiment there like the equation of these fiscal policies and taxation policies with immigration policy. I don't know what relation these things bear, but but to kind of draw back on my historical awareness that pissed off, aggrieved, shit upon people need an other to blame. Again, Omar Mosley, the star Metro Edmonton reporter, he and I were corresponding about this after we spoke on the phone, and he attributed a lot of this to uh, what he calls a zero-sum outcome mentality. If other people are winning, I must be losing. Like that Omar Cotter's payout has some relationship with what's happening to the uh, oil sands workers in Alberta. Omar Mosley received backlash online because his name is Omar, and there's, uh -huh. there's so much hatred for Omar Cotter amongst these people. It's That's exactly right. There is this belief, the, the big problem and one of the central rallying points is the UN compact on migration. A lot of these people really believe that Trudeau is colluding with the UN to sponsor terrorism, to open our borders. Even Jim Blake, who we heard from earlier, the guy from Canadian Political Accountability, helped organize a couple of these initial rallies. He was so concerned about the violence in the rallies in France that he withdrew from specifically promoting the Yellow Vest in Canada. Mm -hmm. Even he believes that Trudeau is not just a bad prime minister, but that he's treasonous. I, if people are mad, let's face it. I think that Canadians are awfully forgetful and uh, don't remember the promises that Trudeau made and has broken. They don't remember the abuses that he's done, like payoffs to, to uh, terrorists and things like this and courting Wahhabi mosques and all these other things and opening the door for terrorist uh, version of uh, Islam in Canada. 
And now we have an Islamic party in Ontario. I mean, these are all things opened the door by Prime Minister Trudeau. And I mean, we have a guy who's, who's acted in a, in a way that really is treacherous against Canada. It's interesting, David, we're heading into an election cycle. And I think of this uh, increasingly, the more I know about it, not merely as a popular movement around taxation, but maybe the most successful effort to create a big tent under which to collect all of the grievances of right-leaning, working, and I think overwhelmingly white Canadians across the country. I think that's exactly right. And I think whatever ends up happening with the yellow vests, whether or not they completely peter off by the thaw, I think this is the most cohesion we've seen on the right for a large populist movement in recent Canadian history. It reminds me a lot of the Tea Party response to Obama. And I think this will definitely continue to play out as we get closer to the election. One thing that really resonated with me was when I was speaking to Alan from Yellow Vest Canada Exposed, he was telling me about why he was doing this work, why he's so frustrated. And I think it's really important to hear this from someone who was initially drawn to the group, drawn to the movement, briefly involved in it, and then so horrified by what he saw there that he had to step back and start doing something about it. This group is driven entirely on propaganda that isn't real. And uh, and I think that's kind of just what, what started driving me nuts is just the amount of fake news been going on for the past couple of years. And, and this is just, um, this is kind of a, a result of that. And, and I'm just sick of it. And I'm sick of the, the racism and blaming people of color for the things that are going on in our economy when that's not really who's causing the issues. We're not supposed to be about this way. We're supposed to be able to like live together with our differences, be reasonable and be civil. But, but I feel like all of that has just gone out the window. That is your Canada Land for this week. You can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I will read everything you send. We are on Twitter, at Canada Land. Our website is canadalandshow.com, and that is where you can read David Crosby's full report on Yellow Vests Canada. You'll also find a new episode this week of Oppo. Oppo is the podcast you need to be listening to as we move towards an election. It is the best podcast that will keep you informed about that in this country. This episode of Canada Land is produced by Kasia Mihailovich. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do here and you want to get ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, please support us at patreon.com slash CanadaLand. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.